That's why I voided my bowels before I got here. So somebody's going to run over it. Because there you go. Have some parking lot poop. Welcome to Astronauts Anonymous. Uh, today we have a special episode for you. Uh, we are doing our first movie review. We have decided to actually start reviewing bad movies. Um, and today we have our first special treat of the awful, I mean wonderful, wonderful Ninja Tur Turtles reboot. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014 produced by Michael Bay. Yeah, I thought it was a lovely and directed, masterpiece. And directed by Joe Liebsman, I believe. Yeah. Now, it's clear when I saw this movie that it's just Oscar bait, you know? Oh, yeah, It's totally. like you take a historical event, you know, that's like into the cultural zeitgeist, throw some big-name actors in, and then just try to rake in the awards. <laughs> it, this was a wonderful, like, indie art house movie, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Platinum Dunes Productions has stepped up their game a little bit. Uh, for this review, I, of course, am Joseph Bennett. Hello, I'm Viet, and I have not formed an opinion yet, but let's go. I'm Ryan, and I thought this movie was the greatest thing since sliced cheese. And I'm Alex, and uh, this movie was pretty bland. <laughs> bland is the least to say about this movie. That's, that's the best you can say. About this film. Okay, you you have to at least give it the fact that it was legitimately funny. Come it on. had its Megan funny moments. Megan Fox's ass caused a car crash. Oh my god. That, yeah, was, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. That was such good storytelling. Oh it my had, god. It had lovely fart jokes. Okay. It had Samurai Iron Man. <laughs> I did appreciate Samurai Iron Man. Oh my god. Okay. Wait, are we going to call him Siren Man or? Siren Man? <laughs> yeah, we're calling him Siren Man. <laughs> I like that. It's kind of close to Cyberman. Yeah, bit, yeah, kind of Cyberman. Okay, before we really get into, it, I got to say, like, as you guys have probably noticed, Viet is our Ghostbusters guy. Like, he absolutely loves Ghostbusters. Yes, he knows I do. All the characters, the comics, everything. As much as Viet loves Ghostbusters, is how much I love Ninja Turtles. And yet, uh, you hate this movie uh, because of that reason. <laughs> there so are a lot of. I, I've read almost all the comics that have ever come out of Ninja Turtles. I've seen, of course, all the movies, all the c different cartoon shows. I've seen the Christmas special <laughs> of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So not exactly unbiased is what I'm hearing. I am just a ju good judge of how uh, this movie should be done is what I'm saying. No, and also is... I'm a good, good movie judge in general. So combine two of my loves, movies and Ninja Turtles, I think I'm a open mind for this. Oh yeah, given that completely unbiased and unarrogant opinion. <laughs> now, I'm just, I'm just gonna put that out there. Now, is the TMNT Christmas special just as bad as the Star Wars Christmas Oh god, yes. Okay, oh, god, that tells yes. me everything I need to know. Yeah. It is, it is awful. Like, oh, a little fun fact. Do you guys know who was singing on the Star Wars uh, Christmas special? No. John Bon Jovi. I did not know that. That is how he, that was his first official paid gig. So, had the recipes for success. That's you know, honestly, like you cannot blame anybody for that in that position. No, like no. you're an unknown good uh, artist, musical artist, and somebody goes, "Hey, we want you to help with Star Wars." Yes. Yeah. Um, Seem to work out for that Williams guy. 
<laughs> That's a slight difference there. That's a slight difference, but, but we've gotten okay. off topic. Yeah. Going back to Teenage Ninja Turtles, like... So, I counted, because I knew it was going to be... I. The thing is, is I wanted this movie, and I actually was hoping that it would be... Okay, I did not hate on it originally. Like, whenever it first came out, everybody was given a crap on it. It's Michael Bay. It's going to be awful. Oh, Megan Fox is in it. A, I don't really mind Megan Fox. I actually think that the only reason why she gets as much crap as she does is because she gets typecast in these roles, and she's never really had an opportunity to act. She gets cast as the hot girl that doesn't really do anything in ever, almost every film she's done. So I don't hate that. I didn't hate the look of them. It was weird, but I was okay with it, and I was okay with their outfits. I actually thought some of them, some of their outfits was a little cool, like Donatello's. Uh, he had the solar panels and stuff on him. Um, didn't care for his backpack, but that's a whole other thing. And I was very much aware. I kept telling myself, it's produced by Michael Bay. It's not directed by Michael Bay. So that does not mean it's going to have all the regular Bayism. Also... Also, well, also, I would actually go so far as to say that Michael Bay is is like the Nickelback of uh, film. That's he a very is, true statement. Everybody yes. claims to hate him, yet he can't stop selling out or like filling, you know, like filling movie theaters. Um, and that like people forget that Michael Bay didn't even want to do Transformers three. He was asked to come back by Steven Spielberg oh. because Steven Spielberg loves Michael Bay's work. That's sad to know. Well, I mean, because like, all right. I uh, I think the last uh, I think the last two movies Michael Bay tried to do something that wasn't necessarily action oriented entirely would be Pearl Harbor and Pain and Game and both of those Pain and Game is good well yeah but they were both destroyed by the critics that's true um, so I think when Michael Bay tries to get out of his comfort space with like you know shots of women's asses and explosions and shit like that they they rip him apart so he's like fine I'm just gonna make more popcorn films. Which is the point, because I did the one, because I've seen this movie, because I wanted to like this film so badly. I've now seen it four times. Wow. And the third oh, time, well, like, the, the <laughs> second or third time I watched this film, I actually counted, because I was like, all right, no, this ended up being another Michael Bay film. There are, there's, I was surprised at this part, there's only four explosions. There are four times when Vern hits, creepily hits on April. There's only, there's four April sex jokes. Uh, there are only two times, I was surprised at this, only two times a character goes, woo, in the film. And there are... There are also two Calabungas. There are ten slow motion moments. Yes. Ooh, that's dangerous. Yes, so it ended up being not as bad as a normal Michael Bay film, but still pretty close to a normal Michael Bay film. I'm going to call those slowdown moments uh, Snyderisms, because I think he kind of pioneered that with 300. <laughs> oh man, now that was a movie. I actually didn't enjoy it. Well, that's that's okay. We're not. That's going to be. Yeah, a that, topic that'll tonight. be a different topic. That was probably his best work, and then everything else. Yeah, so, we could watch Sucker Punch for another one of these reviews sometime. Oh, that would be a good one. If you want me to just full venom, then we can talk about Sucker Punch. So, okay, basically, if you want, if we wanted Alex to react, how I'm going to be reacting this entire review. Well, watch Sucker Punch. Yeah, anybody who tells me that, like, oh, man, Zach's, like, when Zack Snyder said, I think my movie's too going to be too smart for people, that, like, I'm just going to point them to Sucker Punch. Because Sucker Punch is Zack Snyder trying to be as smart as possible. 
Okay. Again, oh. getting off topic though, we will save that. We will save that for the sucker punch review. That's you, a good one though. I think you need to top that slam for TMNT if you hated it that much. <laughs> oh God, I don't even like that's thinking your about goal. Much I have, but I've, no, I've, I've written, I have very detailed notes about. Yeah. No. No. I would actually. I would say that um, this movie for me, it's not. I think the worst. It's definitely not the worst Ninja Turtles movie. Um, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three still holds the uh, the cake on that one, and uh, that's... I would I would say actually you know what I, I can't believe I'm going to say this this might be my second favorite Ninja Turtles movie, um, the original 1980s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being number one 1990 or yeah 1990 um, because with this movie you have a coherent plot. They're allowed to use their weapons because in the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Use yeah. they, they didn't. The closest thing they got is uh, they used uh, they used sausages. Sausages, yep. Uh, Combat cold cuts. Yeah, there was no time travel into uh, samurai time like you know in the third one. So I mean, but this this has all the basic tenets that you need for a Ninja Turtles movie. And okay. and they use their weapons. I mean, they're not they're actually terrible ninjas. Um, we're just gonna get right into. But it. they learn from a book. So what? Oh my god. Say? We'll get into that. We're, we're going to go step by step to this film. But like as, far, as far as the ranking for the Ninja Turtles go for me, I, I first off, I have to give a little bit of extra credit to Secret of the Ooze and Turtles in Time simply because they are sequels. Like, I will forgive it a little bit if you've earned it because you did have a good movie beforehand. This movie didn't earn it. It was the first one for this new generation, for the new kids and all that stuff that are getting into Ninja Turtles because the new Ninja Turtle cartoon show is out, and it's actually really good. This movie does not hold up to the cartoon that's called. But this movie also doesn't have Vanilla Ice singing. Exactly. Thank, so thank goodness. Even get some more uh, notches knocked down off of it. Yeah, well, uh, the reason why, like, don't get me wrong. I understand that the whole point of these movies is to get kids you know like in the teenagers into them and maybe some people who are like who are slightly nostalgic but at least the ninja turtles were actually able to do ninja stuff which is why i can never forgive secret of the use <laughs> because their names are teenage mutant ninja turtles and they weren't allowed to do to be ninjas in the second movie so you have a movie with no violence you have a movie with no risk um and then they they rip off bebop and rocksteady for razor and tokar I will say I, I never understood that decision. There was some reason I read before, and it was the dumbest thing. Like the producers just didn't want Bebop and Rocksteady in there for. Oh no no! Uh, Kevin Eastman uh, was it? It was either Kevin Eastman or Peter Laird. One of them hated Bebop and Rocksteady. Like with a, it was probably Peter Laird. Hated Bebop and Rocksteady with a passion. He refused to let them be in the movie. He's like, these are my creations. This is my one step. I don't want them in the movie. So they basically just. The producers put in Bebop and Rocksteady with different type of type of characters and gave them a different name. Yeah. Now, um, I think it. I, we should mention. Do you guys remember how this movie starts? Yeah. The comic. I will say. Okay. So at this point, I think this is a good segue. Then we'll go into the actual the movie itself now. The opening of this, I actually really liked. The comic book. It, it starts with this really like flowing uh, Tony Shalhoub as Splinter is narrating. Yeah, oh, it's uh, that's After Effects that they're using for the for the animations, by the way. What was that? Uh, after or not? No, uh, not yeah, After Effects. I want to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, basically, whenever it looks like flat panels, but they're arranged in a three-dimensional space, that's After Effects. I thought it was really cool. It was very... It was a callback to the, their comic book origins. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's, for the most part, it's pretty traditional for what was based... Yeah, it's not like... It's not like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is based off of, like, the graphic novel Preacher, or, or you know, this isn't, like... <laughs> this was never meant to be, like, high literature. No, no. exactly. They, they, the Ninja Turtles started off as a parody of Frank Miller's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they started off. So, like, they started off as a joke, and they got... Popular. Super lucky. Yeah. I personally love it when something that was never meant to be successful becomes the one thing somebody's oh, yeah. for. Because you can see, like, how frustrating that is for certain, like, writers and creators and stuff. Yeah, definitely. These guys, like, I, I will say, like, Ninja Turtles, they start off as a parody, and then they sold out completely, and that's the only reason why they became popular. Well, in the 1980s, cocaine was very expensive. <laughs> cocaine really was. I mean... Yeah. Which, you know, it was an absolute snowstorm on the set of the original Ninja Turtles movie. And probably anything with Michael Bay. Michael Bay seems like he does coke. I'm pretty sure Michael Bay... With the is... way he produces movies, I have no doubt. Yeah. Like, he just seems like the kind of guy who would pull up in a Ferrari, do a, do a bump, you know, and then just, like, get out and go to, like, press release. Ugh, we need some explosions. Now, actually, I would say in 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 this movie, I think some of the original things that make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so enjoyable actually hold it back from being a better movie. And in that, um, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe, uh, television reporters still have a relevant role in America and society, and that reporters can be known for being good at anything. Okay, see that that's part of the thing though is that there's two instances or three instances now actually where april was a news reporter that was the original cartoon the movie that was based that became popular because of the cartoon Mm -hmm. and then this new movie series everything else she's not really a news reporter she's a she's a scientist of some sort she starts off as the assistance of baxter stockman Okay, so she was originally a scientist. Yeah, she, well, but, she was a scientific assistant, basically. But it's not like it's. Uh, who directed this movie, by the way? Uh, Joe Liebersman, I believe. Joe Liebersman. Liebersman, yeah. Liebers, or because I'm, I'm thinking, like, are we talking about Congressman Joe Lieberman? Ooh. No. no. <laughs> uh, you're. I was about to be just. I might. I might have it wrong. That might explain some things about the movie. Side project. Uh, actually, look at somebody. Look that up real quick, because I might be wrong on that. Oh no, you're right. It is Joe Liebsman. Okay, Liebsman. Liebsman. Not Lieberman. It's not, not Lieberman. It's not, Jonathan not, Liebsman. Not Joe. Congressman Liebsman. Congressman Lieberman. No, not the <laughs> not the Democrat that's uh, anti-gun. No. Um, okay. I, I would have laughed my ass off. So getting into this film, like it again, it starts off with the comic book opening, which again I find really cool, and then uh, Splinter talking over in the background about. How he raised these turtles, and, and there's this wave of crime over the city from the Foot Clan, who is named that way because they step over the good people of the city. Okay, first off, they're the worst secret organization in the world if everybody knows that the Foot Clan exists, which they constantly talk about the foot attacks, which that's another odd part. The police clearly know the Foot Clan is there. Also, also, the Foot Clan 
aren't so much ninjas anymore, but no. full-on, <laughs> like, ISIS-level terrorists with military armaments and some machine guns. And they do things like shoot up subway stations, and there isn't the National Guard. Or the, exactly, which we'll, we'll get into that part. We're, we're, we'll get to the subway part here. So then after it starts with that, it jumps over to April, who mm-hmm. is trying to get an interview with... Uh, this dock worker who this was just exposition 101 in this scene mm-hmm. like explaining what's happening oh chemicals are being stolen we don't know who it is we think it's the foot clan hey if you remember these foot clan guys you don't you'll you'll always remember them like he literally says that it's like you don't forget something like that so this whole opening scene of exposition with splinter narrating the thing which just telling you straight up what the foot clan is yeah and then april explaining what the Foot Clan is doing by this non-interview where the guy's telling her everything and saying that he doesn't want to talk, talk to her. Oh, yeah, and, and he's talking about mutagenic chemicals. Yeah. He's got a hard hat on, and he's talking about mutagenic chemicals, and she's like, isn't that what they use for genetic research? And it's it's the worst dialogue. That That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's just basically like, hey, audience, pay attention to this part. Now, um, it, it also actually introduces one of my favorite parts about this movie, which is Will Arnett. Yes. Yes, that is true. I, and I don't even, I'm not even mad that he signed up to do this movie, but what I do love is that he is hamming it up as like, as hard as he can. Oh yeah. He is, he, Will Arnett is perfect for that kind of thing. Like a role that everybody else will like kind of try with, but you, there's no real purpose to the character. No, and that's where Will Arnett is fantastic. Exactly, he will make that character hilarious. This purpose is purpose. purpose yeah, actually, in the yeah. Uh, in the movie um, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, he plays a TMZ guy from like the TMZ reality show. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I imagine that's actually the same character as in the, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I imagine it's a shared universe. So they go from this scene of her talking to the Doc to she's. Shoved over to do her actual job, which is basically a five-second clip of her jumping on a trampoline. Yep. I was cool with that. And and she mentions, she goes, you know, I did four years of journalism school, and this is what I do. And I'm like, you're probably in the 1% of journalism majors who actually get to do their job. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so don't complain. Also, so- your, your job is not relevant anymore. Nobody, yeah, oh, they, they don't even address that. <laughs> no, they just want people to believe that journalists still are relevant. Why, like a blogger or something. Why have her on a trampoline? Like I have. You could have done. Ryan could actually. In, fa- in fact, actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, her as a blogger would make way more sense in terms yes. of the kind of stuff that she does. And you know, she could have like a Twitter following and stuff, and talk about conspiracy theories. That would have been actually fantastic. And it. Because I hate I hate movie journalism too, you know. Like I know, like Will Arnett, he met, J- aka Joe Bluth. Uh, he's like, I I see you snooping around the office for the the big stories, and it's like that's not how it works anymore. <laughs> Which there is a great part in this film that I had. They they did an Arrested Development joke where he's eating a palmetto and olive sandwich. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, in, in Arrested Development, him and, uh, was it Tobias? Like, that's what you always see them eat. They just make a pimento loaf sandwich. Huh. That's a good sandwich. I don't know what it is. 
and it's just this always throwaway joke that you always yeah. see in the media in the in the, in the show and in there like this one part april calls him in a panic about stuff and you see him he's making that sandwich again so that was a nice little callback yeah i'll meet you in an alley (laughs) (laughs) oh michael the only thing that would have been better is if he was running around in a segway (laughs) (laughs) running around the office in the segway no can no can you imagine like the ninja turtles are fighting and there's all these explosions and he's just trying to keep up in a segway (laughs) (laughs) yes that'd make the movie so much better um, so this is the part where we get um, April. She calls the guy back later because she's just so frustrated with her job and the fact that she doesn't get real, real journalistic opportunities here. Trampolines are real journalistic opportunities, by the way. <laughs> Don't be creepy, right? It's kind of already. Yeah, he's, he's crossed that line. <laughs> he's crossed that line. Just let him be creepy. I'm trying to give the, the, the trampoline industry their due. You can't just, like, r- write it off completely. Jeez, Joe. So they, she Got calls... <laughs> so April calls the dock worker guy again on Skype to make sure you know with the giant sign that says Skype that she's using Skype to call this guy. You mean Skype that's owned by Microsoft? Yeah, right? Oh, okay. Wow, I heard that's a really good... With her Windows 10 phone... Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's blatant product placement right there. <laughs> uh, so she calls him, and she gets this tip that there's something going on in the docks tonight that he heard about. How he heard about it from the secret mercenary group, I don't know. But he found out about this thing, so he tells her about it. And yeah, so she goes to, the, the, to docks. the docks, and they're not really being very quiet, these mercenary secret ninjas. And this is the you first time that you see... I mean, no, they're they're not in this movie. They're not. But this is the first time you get to see the Ninja Turtles at all. Yeah. When they throw a shipping container, an entire shipping container, at a group of guys. Yeah, they're superheroes. <sighs> okay, in some iterations, yes, Ninja Turtles are, the Ninja Turtles are slightly stronger than humans. But this was... They well, remember, they have the all the relative powers of a turtle. Exactly. So, of course, <laughs> if a turtle were six feet tall, or like nine feet tall like they are in this movie, of course they could throw shipping containers. That's the thing. There's no ninjas in this movie whatsoever. The, the Foot Clan are not ninjas. Uh, the turtles. The turtles are not ninjas. Teenage Mutant and... The, the name's there, yes. They are the Teenage Mutant Tank Turtles, though, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, actually, the TMTT. Yeah. <laughs> they're gigantic. Mm-hmm. They're... Oh my god, we'll get to this part too later, but they're bulletproof. And, and, like, they do things like ram their shells into up-armored vehicles and whatnot. And dent them. That just looks so painful. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that part, because that one did make sense, the fact that, you know, he was going at high speed and he did hit him with his shell. But, I mean, that would would crush him. Turtle shells are not stronger than metal. Well, have you, has anybody here ever shot a turtle... We don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny, but I might have an anonymous friend of mine who loves murdering turtles. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, if there are any PETA listeners, just just turn off right now. <laughs> we are we are fr- animal-friendly podcast. And we we're, got, not, we're it, not endorsing turtle murder. No. no we, we, we have a kitten who is our mascot currently sitting in Viet's lap being adorable. 
I'm trying really hard not to make an Asian stereotype joke right now. <laughs> You're oh, loud. Actually, actually do you guy. know actually, the um, uh, I have to bring this up, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to drag it off track. But if you want to talk about not only just like racist movies, but racist edits in the movie Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman, there's a, oh my god, there's a scene where Will Smith is being chased. And he busts into a Chinese restaurant, into the kitchen of a Chinese restaurant, and the next shot is a cat jumping off the kitchen table and escaping. <laughs> Literally, that is the shot. Oh, God. I meant to rewatch that movie. It's yeah, <laughs> but actually, I have to, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take away a second letter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, well, no, not, not from the, well, it's like, not only are there no ninjas, right, there's actually nobody in this movie who even knows a ninja? In fact, I would be hard-pressed if anybody in this movie even knows an Asian person. Wasn't Shredder both Asian and a ninja? Shredder was the only Asian person in this... Well, no, him and oh. Karai. Karai, yeah. I which I have my own complaints about Karai, too, which we'll get in a moment. Yeah, but we have two. We have two. Like, Shredder is the closest thing we have to a ninja. Yeah, and I'm not very familiar with ninja lore, but I'm pretty sure a metal suit gives you ninja powers... <laughs> and let's no. not forget, in the original cut of this movie, it was supposed to be that corporate dweeb that was supposed to be Shredder. And he was yeah. supposed to be Eric Schrader, was his name. Yeah, and then they viciously re-edited that after they heard the fan backlash, because they're like, no, we saw the previews, we know you're building this guy up to be Shredder. Yeah. Which, I'm glad they didn't do that, but the way they went with it did not improve it much. <laughs> Although, actually, now that I think about it, since we know that uh, we discussed in the earlier podcast that uh, that Splinter is just a giant Steven Seagal fan, it would have been hilarious if it was just a bunch of wannabe ninja weeaboos that were all fighting each other. <laughs> so nobody actually had no oh ninja God, stuff. Wait, yeah. Wasn't it? I thought that's what this movie was about. Kind of was. Which, we'll, we'll get into Splinter and his weeaboo-ness in a moment. We'll go into that in a little more detail. Um, but after the shipping container part, she sees that the symbol, that famous Ninja Turtle symbol that has never appeared once before, that apparently means family. So she goes running home. On our planet, it means hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Not an S. That, that's the second Snyderism. That we've <laughs> <laughs> so this is the part where it introduces this side character, which I still have not figured out the, the purpose of her is you see April's roommate who immediately goes, I was Skyping with my mom. That's her only line. Yep. All you need. And so it, the only purpose of the roommate that I found was she starts telling the roommate about all this stuff that what she saw that she ran into the Foot Clan. And then later in the scene, she talks to the roommate and it's literally just a reason for April to be able to talk to everybody to give more exposition. Roommates in movies only serve the purpose of exposition. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. and like usually not only they serve exposition, but they do the, the thing I hate most often in movies, which is say the plot out loud. Like in romantic comedies, like the roommate would be like, girl, you need to get your life together. <laughs> and that's it. That's all they do. It's time for you to get your <laughs> okay. groove back. Again. This movie didn't even do that. She talked about talking with her mom. Yep. On Skype, she mentioned she got that she got product placement. The placed entire plot to her. Yep. That's all this roommate did. Yeah, you have to. This is guys. This is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. You've got to get through all the different beats, and you can't waste time developing characters. 
are you gonna What are you gonna do? Give them depth? Then then you're gonna have to cut the scene where Raphael's brooding. You know. And then oh, how are the yeah, kids they didn't gonna, have enough of that. Yeah, how are the kids going to know that he's mad or he's angry? You see, for me, I think that in is... the whole movie that they really gave Raphael the wrong persona. I really do. I feel like Raphael's been, like, criminally misused in a lot of Teenage Mutant There, Oh, man, I saw this animated, like, CG 3D animated one. Mm-hmm. And they had... That was a good one. They had Raphael running around as a masked vigilante. That's Raphael, though. But he's already a masked vigilante. He didn't want his brother. In that one, he didn't want his brothers knowing it was him. And then in Leonardo, to teach him the value of leadership, they send him alone to South America. Splinter did that. A Splinter, to teach a ninja the value of leadership, sends him alone to South America. Okay, I really like that movie. <laughs> I mean, so it's funny because it they. Sense. Why would you send him away to teach him the value leadership. of leadership? Yeah, and and it's funny because in they don't want the turtles doing stuff as mass vigilante, so they send Leonardo to South America to be a mass vigilante. He was only helping people when it was around. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a whole other movie to review. Which I really... <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be a sequel to Turtles of Time. Yeah, kind of was. It, well, kind of, it kind of was. It was like a soft boot reboot kind of thing, which I really wish they did more of those films. But soft reboots? No, not. That. I meant, I meant uh, more PG turtle films. Um, no, I want them to bring back the original costumes. So this is the part where then you see you see Shredder for the first time, and he's talking to Karai, mm-hmm. and he's. Pretty cool fight scene where he beats up two or three of the Foot Clan soldiers while his hands are tied behind his back. Yeah, that whole Japanese bondage thing. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the first time you see the Splinter, which you can kind of tell the whole scene is just shoved in there to be like, crap, they actually want a Shredder, an actual Rokusaki character. So let's put make this scene in here real quick so we can say he's here. Because you never see his face again. The rest of the entire film. I thought it flowed quite Yeah, nice. it's it's Show. so weirdly, like, Shredder scenes are so, like, that don't involve him fighting the turtles are so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, like, it didn't, it wasn't that it was a bad part. It's just clearly shoved in there and filmed later after everything else. Okay, I didn't watch a lot of the cartoon. Okay, I didn't watch any of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But wasn't the idea that... How have you... How are we friends? That is for another show. But in the part that the bad guy is is rarely seen, and when he does show up, he's a big deal. He's hard to beat. No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying I'm talking more so the fact that this is the only time you ever see his face in the entire film, and then the rest of it, it's a metal. It's just him in the metal suit because clearly it was supposed to be Eric Schrader. Like I that mean, entire film, you can tell they filmed that the entire fight scenes, all that stuff. When it was supposed to be uh, the the other guy, I can't remember his name right now. I can't find the answer to the question I heard. Hey, Alexa! Alexa's here. All right. Also, Shredder looks like he's about seven feet tall in the movie. Yeah, he's just yeah. as tall as the turtles, if not just a few inches taller. Because it's clearly supposed to be a robot suit for that white guy to wear. Oh no, I meant even without the uh, without the. The yeah. Siren Man suit. Like, he, he's huge. Like, they have him, I think, elevated so that way he looks taller than uh, Weeboo guy. Which they learn their lesson. Like, Shredder doesn't do much in the sequel, but he he does show up a lot more. 
in a sequel, which I actually, again, I really like the sequel to this film. Uh, so they, they fixed the Shredder. And they fixed the foot ninjas, too. They fix, they're they actually ninjas in the sequel, because they, they learned their lesson. But we're talking about the much better one. Oh, my God. So this is the part. So what she says is that, because Karai explains to Shredder how these vigilantes keep messing up their stuff and whatever. So Shredder tells him, all right, set a trap for him. Which so happens the trap ends up being right where Vern and April are driving? Of course. Just... Just completely lucky. Yeah, you, it, oh, no, you don't looking. want. You're what you, good looking. Yeah, what what would you rather have? Her find them because of her journalistic expertise. I know, right? Come on. Just, I would rather just a pure coincidence of Vern and April driving down the road and a bunch of people come yelling and screaming out of a sewer oh or out God. of the subway, which immediately you think terrorist attack, and run toward it. Yep. If you're a reporter. Yeah. Uh-oh. And if you're a police officer, run away. Don't don't get near the danger. Yeah. But okay, so this part, this is the one where you see like they know the Foot Clan knows that every single time that they go out and do these clandestine things, the turtles they don't know they're turtles, but these guys show up, beat the crap out of them, and then leave. So their whole plan is to hold a bunch of people hostages and just wait out in the open. Then. Yep. That's their entire plan. Well, slow down. New York is a very small place. If you commit a crime, and then there are only like two subway stations in New York City. So if you hold up a subway station, there's a 50% chance that the turtles are going to show up. Yeah, they'll be the first before the police, before the National Guard, before anything else. And, you know, whenever you want to lay a trap for somebody, you should just say, hey, I'm here, and then wait for them to show up. By the way, how do, how do the turtles know where crimes are happening? They showed that part. Remember they Donatello's whole setup? Uh, showed the police reports and they okay, had security okay. cameras and stuff like that. And then Michelangelo was watching the cat with the chopsticks. Now, one thing actually I did like is I did like how Raphael's headband covered his entire head. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was cool that they didn't have like uniform headbands. Yeah, I, I again, I don't mind the costumes except for the fact that Raphael, not on top of his headbands, had those sunglasses. That yeah, just sat there. You gotta, you can't have him put them on. The Donatello's the one that wears glasses. Why did he have sunglasses at the top of his head the entire film that they never fell off? Because Raphael's a hipster douche. Yeah. How do they never fall off? Um, Magical powers. Yeah. They, they, well, no, no, they they tap into the shell force. Yep. Oh my god, the turtle force. Yeah, the turtle force. It it makes them super fast and super strong. <laughs> and it holds glasses on top of your head. It yeah. does. Like a helmet. Uh, well. Donatello carries around computer equipment and none of that slides off. Yep. And he slides down a sewer pipe with it on his back and doesn't get damaged at all. Nope. Yeah. He's got a GoPro. But it works. Yeah. It's like, and, and, and his uh, his cell phone's water resistant, so. Yeah, they're all water resistant. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, <laughs> oh, also, let's not forget that um, the, uh, that Splinter has mutton chops and a Fu Manchu mustache. Yep, yeah. that's just the way his hair grew. And, and, a, hipster, and a hipster top, yeah, man bun. He, actually, yeah, he is full-on white middle-class hipster. Pretty much. <laughs> the only thing he was missing was being at a Starbucks. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> with, a, with a caramel macchiato. Yep, and, and oh, and writing his novel. Yeah. Wait, like, he's a rat. Like, how do we know that he wasn't, like, an imported rat? 
Wait, you think he's a Japanese? Are you saying that Chinese rats, right, or Japanese rats grow mutton chops and Fu Manchu mustaches? Exactly. Man, that's kind of racist. <laughs> no, get that cat off of your lap. I don't want you to cook him. <laughs> that's racist. No, that's a very, very real possibility. <laughs> uh, cat oh, and let's also not forget that even though Shredder was born in America, he has a he has well no. I'm not going to say he has an Asian accent. He has Tony Shalhoub trying to do an Asian accent. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, yeah, we're about to get to that part because we're about to get to the part where April first meets the turtles. My sons, won't, you, the world won't be ready for you. After after the Ninja Turtles take out easily take out the Foot Clan that was just standing there in the middle of the open. Just standing. They run up to the roof, and April, of course, follows them, takes their picture. They catch him, which was a funny moment, actually. I will say that that scene was a pretty funny moment when they yeah. re- whenever she takes her pic- their picture. Yeah. Um, then they stop her, get the camera back, and Michelangelo becomes really, really creepy. Yep. We'll uh, find you. He you. continues to be really, really creepy throughout yep. the whole film. Yes, yep. he does. Michelangelo is my favorite Ninja Turtle. Always, always has been since I was a kid. You and like rapey turtles. Is that... <laughs> you know, he wasn't so much before, except for like in one episode of The Next Mutation, which is an equally as awful TV show. <laughs> but this is where he makes the cringiest line I've ever heard from a kid's TV show or movie, whatever. <laughs> he says, oh, it's a hot chick. I can feel my shell tightening. Yeah. I'm just going to let that sink in. Feel my shell tightening. That was that was an appropriate joke for the movie makers to to have there. Yeah, that's just uh, it's no point. God, <laughs> you can't. There's no way to. I mean, it's just it was just oddly placed and just made everybody. As soon as everybody uncomfortable. One kid goes, "Hey, mommy, what did they mean by that?" Awkward car ride. Yeah. Which okay, a lot of kids shows and a lot of kids movies and whatnot, they have dirty jokes in there for parents. Yes. This wasn't just like a dirty joke, like haha, nudge nudge, wink wink, toward the audience. The blatant. older ones. This was blatant, really, and really creepy and awkward. Like that's the line that you would hear from that one really creepy friend that you have. That anytime there's a hot girl near, just makes the wrong comment. Yeah, I got a joke for you. <laughs> Knock knock, who's there? Boobs, your boobs. Yeah, exactly. That's yep. That was that type of comment. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. So, so they they take her camera back, mm-hmm. and they leave, and they go back down to the sewers. And, and she has a second phone. Yeah. Well, no, no. They give her oh. phone back. Okay. okay just yeah. to leave the photos, which they left the phone. They left. They gave her camera back so she could take their picture again as they were running away. By the way, what she? The moment they have their back turned, what a terrible friend. <laughs> well, she wasn't their friend yet. But I mean, they ask her to do her solid. They're like, "Please don't take photos," and she's like, "Yep." Whoops. And then just, you know, also, I know we're not there yet, but they thank her at the end of the film. Thank you for not trying to expose us. She tried several times. To, she, no one believed her. She, in fact, she spends almost every everything that she ends up doing as a character goes toward exposing the turtles. Yep, pretty much. And they thank her. Thank you for not exposing us. 
Well, I tried. I just suck at my job. You know, I think she's just working for the wrong news station. She needs to go work for JJ. Yeah. <laughs> I want pictures of the turtles. J, I stand, I stand by this. Uh, J.K. Simmons' portrayal of J. Jonah Jameson is the most accurate comic oh, yeah. book to movie adaptation of a character in history. Oh, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. <laughs> like, down. when it, it doesn't matter how bad those movies got, but when like Peter Parker was like, I was wondering if you could give me an advance. And then he sits there and just throws back his head and starts laughing. <laughs> you serious? Oh, you serious? Miss Brent, get me a violin. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Now, I'm actually. How was? Oh no, no, no. We're talking about the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but where I was thinking about comparisons with the original, like 1990 movie. How was Casey Jones' Arrow compared to the original Casey Jones in the 1990 movie? Are you talking about Stephen Mel's version of it? Yeah. I, you know, I I will give Stephen Mel the credit. He gave it the old college try. Um, he was probably the worst part of that film, honestly. Ouch. He, he himself was bad. I think it was really the type of version they gave him for Casey Jones. Was not a very good version of Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. He was really like... I don't know anything about Casey Jones, but just at a cursory glance, he looks like kick-ass meets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's honestly, that's Casey Jones. That's literally Casey Jones. Like, literally, okay, in the, this is getting off topic, but Casey Jones in the comics, the way he started off is literally he watched, like, TJ Hooker and uh, Dirty Harry and movies like that and was just like, that's a great idea. And puts on a mask and sweatpants and beats up criminals. Uh-huh. That's his entire origin. They retconned it later, so he had some, like other history, but that's Casey Jones. He's just he's he has anger management issues, and he likes to get into fights. So he decides to go beat up criminals and do some good. That's his entire origin. So this version of Casey in, in Ninja Turtles two, he was. They kept mentioning they had management problems, but you never really saw it. And... Like Mr. Furious and Mystery Men? Yeah. Actually, no, that's actually a very apt description. He was very much Mr. Furious. Or Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Halloween H2O, which I'm sure everybody remembers. Oh, God, not really. I remember George Clooney sneaking a pink at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs. Wait, in Halloween H... George Clooney was in Halloween H2O. Which one was he in? None of them, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> George, George Clooney. <laughs> George Clooney, box office superstar, said, "I need to be in Halloween H2O." Granted, that was his that was his uh, ER time period, so he wasn't really huge at that moment when H2O came out. Um, in, uh, in Halloween H2O, he has a hockey stick, and he's like, "Tommy's been suspended five times for getting a little crazy with the stick." And he screams the hockey <laughs> But, um, so yeah, that, that, getting back on topic. Yes. This, this is the part where they go back in the sewers and they made the mistake again of just straight up exposition. There's always in the comics, Raphael's a hothead, Leonardo's the leader who Raphael doesn't like to listen to, and Leonardo gets very frustrated because he knows he, he's trying to lead people, but Raphael doesn't like to listen to him. That's a common trope with the Ninja Turtles. They straight up tell you that's that's their issue. They don't show it at all, 
they have like a two second fight, and Michelangelo jumps in. And it's like, oh, they're oh tension. You guys haven't had this fight in five minutes. Making a joke, basically just going, hey, remember, these guys they they fight a lot. Yeah, don't forget, uh, Raphael's a hothead. Yeah, and and then they go, they're talking, and Raphael out of nowhere is like, I'm going out on my own. Yeah, that seemed really out of place. I I didn't see the problem with the fight though. Like it it, I mean, at what point is exposition an okay thing to somewhat verbal? When like, there's no other choice, that's when exposition is an okay. Yeah, thing. you need to save exposition though, because if it if your movie becomes nothing but exposition, you start to pick up on it. Yeah, um, which this movie like, was basically all exposition. I feel yeah, like you have a fine tooth comb for this movie though. Well, but uh, if you remember in the in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Raphael tries to go out on his own and then gets overwhelmed by the Foot Clan because he doesn't have his brothers with him. Which Pretty is much. That was such a great scene. Yeah, so they're like, oh, look, he's angry, he's hot-headed. And not only did they show it and not tell us, but we also actually got to see character development come from it. Where yeah, Raphael, you... yeah, Raphael's like, oh, my hot-headedness has actually affected the party negatively. Exactly. And the first time you see it, it's not even that part. Like they they built up to that scene. Like the first time, whenever they're all dance they're all dancing to tequila uh and having fun, Raphael gets puts his trench coat on. It's like, I'm going out to a movie. That okay with you? Like he's doesn't want to be part of the group. Yeah. It it, it shows you that. And, you. and it makes the their personalities important to the story. Exactly. Whereas just saying they're hot-headed, basically, Raphael's hot-headedness doesn't really affect the plot of the story at all in the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja no. Turtles. Well, sure, there's that big speech he gave at the end, which was such a Oh my a god, movie. we'll get into that, too. We'll, uh, yeah, it, we'll we haven't even it. made it to that part yet. Yeah, there's, there's nothing more that I love than end-of-movie speeches. I love it, because that, if you want to talk about just an exposition dump, it's like, alright, we need to show that something has happened. They actually, they do it at the end of Cars 2, and they're like, by putting aside our differences, we were able to come together and save the day. I'm like, thanks, Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Hi, <sighs> uh, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, oh, they did it at the end of every episode of, um, oh, crap, that movie with uh, Mr. T. Uh, the, oh, the A-Team. Yeah, I love it when a good plan comes together. Yeah. That was his catchphrase, though. That was that wasn't exposition. That was just his and catchphrase. That, yeah. that, and well, and that was the A team. Yeah. This isn't. Yeah, it wasn't that was that wasn't Schindler's List or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's true. You, <laughs> don't expect <laughs> you never saw Oscar Schindler. I love it when a good plan comes together. <laughs> Schindler's List. <laughs> Although it's funny because um, Liam Neeson played uh, he played that guy in the yeah, A team. He played Oscar Schindler. Yeah. Yep. And Howlin' Mad Murphy. Yep, Howlin' Mad Murphy. Um, but yeah, this... So, it's things like that that the movie gets really weak when they just say how things are. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like, again, in a kid's movie, I can understand that a little bit. Yeah. This went way overboard. It's like every scene was an exposition scene. Every, uh, every scene where it was just um, corporate weeaboo and shredder is just exposition. Pretty yeah. much. Like, and, they, they just, and, oh, and, and uh, uh, weeaboo guy and Megan Fox, he's like, yep, so I betrayed and killed your father. These are the mutath- mutagenic things that created the turtles. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which this is the part where, we're, yeah, she goes up up there. or she Actually, she goes back home first. And this is the second part where you see the roommate. 
Yeah, because and she remembers one of the she rem- she hears Raphael and she's like Raphael. Well, she gets all their names. Yeah. So she recognizes them, which that's the second coincidence is just so happens that the one the only person that's investigating the Foot Clan and the Turtles is the only person who would know who they were in the past. And actually you can that almost reeks to me a post production. Because she remembers later her naming her four turtles, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. But when she first meets them and they give their names, she's not... She doesn't have that flashback, you know what I mean? I can kind of forgive that because she was still in shock of the whole thing. And, and she did repeat it as if, that sounds familiar. Yeah. But this is the part where, again, it, it causes more problems because... This is where it shows a little bit of that the Ninja Turtles were an experiment that April knew. Which, if you read the new Ninja Turtle comics, the IDW series, which is excellent, it honestly, it does the same thing. But, with the comics, they had a lot more room where they can go into a lot more detail, and there's a lot more history, and shows that they're reincarnations and all this stuff. This was a two-hour movie, and so that was, there was very little point in having her have known them. Yeah, and then, also not only knowing them, but naming them, the turtles have somehow been able to grow to nine feet tall. And Tony Shalhoub, even though he's only the, he's the same age as the turtles, he's younger and wiser. Yep. Uh, I, well, in rat years, like... <laughs> I, but, and literally everything that Shredder, or that, that, uh, that Splinter has undergone in his life, the turtles were there? So what wisdom does Splinter have that the turtles don't? He was all, already an old rat when they got mute. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Yeah, he that. was a lab rat. I guarantee you he wasn't living like a long and healthy life. <laughs> no, he was being tested. Um, so this is, again, the only, the only other second, only other part with the roommate, which, again, her entire purpose is for April to just tell the entire plot to the audience. I've worked for years years as a journalist and I'm trying to find the truth about these turtles and nobody respects me at my job. (laughs) Which, this is the funny part because then she goes to her boss who is Whoopi Goldberg. Tells her boss to come over and shows her this elaborate thing and immediately goes to this old science experiment with these baby turtles. Blah, blah, blah. And you don't believe me. Why didn't she show her the picture that she took? Uh, um, on her phone. No, the, remember, she took the picture of them running away. You can clearly see four giant figures that look like turtles. Now, I haven't seen a Whoopi Goldberg movie so critically misuse their, their awesome casting role since Theodore Rex. <laughs> yes! I, I saw, I saw Whoopi Goldberg and I was like, oh, Whoopi's got to get paid, that's fine. You know, you got to pay your bills. But they, they didn't use her, you know? No, they really didn't. No. I think Joe Bluth had more screen time than Whoopi Goldberg. In fact, I'm I'm like sure of it. Oh yeah, no, she he did. She was a side character, which I mean, okay, like that's whatever. Um, but again, April has evidence. April has clear evidence. Yet instead, she just goes psychotic on her boss and doesn't show her a single bit of the actual evidence. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, you normally do when you're a reporter. You yeah, exactly. Start. Also, there could have been a scene where if the if her reporter lady was like, all right, it, it, I mean, if, if you want to do it where she's like, oh, I don't want to believe this. This is hearsay. We can't substantiate it with a newspaper. 
And then it would be, would have been cool if April's like, fine, I'll just post it on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. You could have done there was uh, there was several different options you had there. Instead, it was okay. Don't show the boss the evidence and get yourself fired. Oh yeah, she that, does get herself fired, doesn't she? Yeah. Yep. So she talks Vern into giving her a ride up to um, the power of fires. To uh, what's his name's fate? I, why, I don't Schrader. Know. Was it Schrader in the movie officially? Whatever his name, you know the you know the Beabu guy, you yeah. know to his mansion. Which okay, we'll just call him Schrader because I can't remember his actual name because uh, he's unimportant. He's completely unimportant. You know. um, he killed her father. <laughs> you know the thing is, is that every time Vern was in the movie, there did anybody else notice that he was always listening to Careless Whisper? I did not notice that. No. No. Yeah, you go back to where he's making his pimento loaf sandwich, and the song that's playing in the background is Careless Whisper by Wham! Huh. Say that again. Oh, Wham! no, his, his name is Eric Sachs. Eric Sachs. And he's played by William uh, William Fickner. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I used to know him as the prison break guy. Yeah. Do you guys know that, do you guys know who voiced Leonardo? Uh, yeah, John Knoxville. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this Oh, it's it sucks because this is actually a good cast. It is a really good cast, and it was so horribly misused. Yeah, this this isn't like these aren't a bunch of no name actors. These are all well established people who yep. have who have a good strong filmography. You know, William Fickner can do a bad guy. He is a bad guy in in The Dark Knight. You've got Whoopi Goldberg, who's I believe she's an Oscar winning actress. Yep. Yeah, you got Tony Shalhoub. The only it can't be the actors that ruined this movie. Saying William Fickner was a bad guy in The Dark Knight is the loosest version of a bad guy. Also, no, he had a shotgun. He said, "You and your friends are dead." Like he he did a whole thing. Exactly for like he was in a short, very short part. But you know what? It was a very good part because it was. I'm just saying that you can't say shotgun, and he's just like, you know what? You're not taking the mob money here, guy. Yeah. That's. I wish he was my banker. I don't know, right? <laughs> a banker who brings a shotgun to work in a major metropolitan city. <laughs> so this is the part where they're driving up to the great mountains of New York. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Mount Mount Washington, I believe it's called. Yeah. Yep. Or Mount Hamilton. And, there we go. And Vernon asks her, "What? So they're aliens?" And she turns over and goes, no, that would be stupid. Wink, wink, audience. Nudge, nudge. Why? That? The no, only thing that would have made me made it better is if Megan Fox looked at the screen when she said that and addressed exactly. the audience. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much make it any more obvious. So she goes up and tells this Sack. fact that Sachs that these turtles exist. And he immediately, like, recognizes them. And he tells his story. Which, Sachs says, those are my experimental turtles. Which, who uses turtles to conduct experiments? They were originally going to use rabbits. Can you believe that? Oh. Oh. <laughs> so he tells his whole backstory to her. About how, which again, is a, I guarantee you was another scene like, He's not the Shredder, guys. Remember, he's not actually the Shredder. He was raised by the Shredder. Yet apparently doesn't know martial arts and isn't part of the Foot Clan. And it tells the whole story about how 
uh, some evil guy in the past in Japan. Japan poisoned the villages until a hero rose and cured them. So more exposition. And so he immediately goes and tells Shredder. Hey, I found I found the turtles. So yeah. Please be proud of me, Dad. Exactly. <laughs> Which please, is funny. Please be proud of me, Dad, who looks like he's the same age as me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, in all honesty, William Fisher look older. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. <laughs> he raised, he pre-dopted me. Yeah. So that's the thing too. It's like they never touch on that again. They never in the movie touch on the fact that Shredder raised him. And Karai gets the shaft in this movie completely because the history of Karai, she's the daughter. Well. Technically. Technically the daughter of the Shredder in most kind of... She's related to the Shredder in some way. Yeah. Uh, and she... That's the reason why she's footling. She's actually a very honorable person, but her... She... She's under the Shredder, so she obeys the Shredder. And she feels like the Shredder is her father. Cry got none of that and you get this eric Sachs character who is the son the the adopted son of the shredder and that's the no mention of it again pretty much i mean basically sax was like look at me dad look at me dad i can do things <laughs> which later on he says he's doing all this stuff for money he's a super rich guy and if he was raised by the shredder why would why yeah he doesn't need the money no <laughs> well but you know Power corrupts, absolutely. He had a lot of power. You know, and people that have money always want more money. He was arguably... He had, look at that. Like, he was arguably at the top of his game in terms of genetic engineering. Pretty much. Which, so, he they kind of go into the whole mutagen, why they... He talks to this friend a little bit, they explain why they want the turtles. Because their mutagen, the mutagen in their blood is going to cure the disease that they're going to... Release. Put over the city, city. Which a you had fifteen years, you couldn't come up with another poison that you had the cure to, or in mutagen. In fourteen years, you couldn't get four more turtles and sprinkle more of the mutagen on them. Well, they lost the mutagen in the fire. Okay, okay, okay. That's why they need their blood. Yeah, but still, they needed all of it too. Yeah, not. Yeah, I love how they do that. It's it can't just be like a vial or. You know, like, you can't you can't just run it through the little machine that, like, spins it really quickly. Or keep them alive to make more. Nope. You gotta take it all at once. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't... That whole idea doesn't... And they did the same thing in The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, though, that was... It was a, turning people into lizards. So that made a little more sense. But this one literally is just... I, I, it pains me to say that The Amazing Spider-Man made more sense than another film. Wow! Yeah. Man. That's a that, that, that hurts. <laughs> But, again, we're going to poison the entire city with this cure. That was literally your only plan. And you could not come up with another type of poison that only you had the antidote to. Yeah, also, when they were talking about the cure and the antidote, that's not how antidotes work. There's no, like, cure-all. It's usually an antidote for a poison. Exactly. And that's the thing, is they said it was a cure-all. So... If you created a cure-all, you wanted power and money, release the cure-all. 
Yeah. You don't need to poison people. Yeah. <laughs> Just release the cure-all as a magic potion. Yeah. Hey, we've cured cancer. And everything. What should we do with it? Kill people. Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you have it. You, you don't... No, you don't need to poison people. Yeah, in fact, like, what is up with so many movies being like, I'm a rich industrialist at the top of my game. Time to poison New York City. <laughs> How is that going to affect your stock options? It's 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 the, the thrill escalation. They just got so far. The only thing that will get them off now is poisoning the population. <laughs> also, maybe it's just me. That's so, the only way. Maybe it's just me. It's like, whenever I see any kind of crisis in New York City, I'm no longer worried because that city's just been wrecked so many goddamn times. <laughs> We've got that rebuild process down. Yeah. It's like the cities in Neon Genesis Evangelion. It just come, it lowers into the ground and raises back up. Yeah, like and just giant monsters just fight around it all the time. So at this point, they, the turtles tell Shredder that they met April, and Shredder's like, Splinter. Oh, "Splinter, yeah." They tell Splinter that they met April, and Splinter's like, "Oh no, we need to get get April. Why? To protect her from at this point what to sexually harass her somewhere? Well, the, Michelangelo so, has yeah. that covered. Yeah, <laughs> Michelangelo's like, "Yes, I'll protect her. I've got a special but, place in my race car bed. My shell is already tingling. <laughs> <laughs> like literally." So, she tracked down the turtles. Oh no, she's going to be captured by the Foot Clan. What? How do you? What? What makes you think they're gonna? That she, the Foot Clan's gonna care about her at all? Yeah. Like they got lucky because she just went and talked to the Foot Clan. Also, so like, it just so happened. Also, where do the where are the Foot Clan recruited from? Well, in this, they're just mercenaries, so... <laughs> you see, matter. in the original 1990 film, they were uh, misguided youth. Youth, no <laughs> yeah. fault. No uh, now, that makes sense. a good because, movie. Yeah, because misguided youth are the perfect base that you, you could train them to be weeaboo ninjas. I could yeah. see that. I could see a bunch of hips, like a bunch of kids in 1990s New York being like, yeah, I'll run around and do flips and ninja shit. Like, <laughs> yes. Attitude. Yeah, I just want Sam Rockwell to offer me cigarettes. Yeah. So, okay, now this is my other part. So not only does, why do the Turtles need to go save April from the Foot Clan when they have no idea that she has any connection to the Foot Clan, but then also, how did Eric Sachs, whenever she took a picture of them and had found out about them, how did he know to put a tracking device on her because they were going to capture her and, like, to take her into the sewers? It was premeditated. How did like did they collaborate on this? Also, okay, from, so from here we're on out, give you the girl. From here on out, I'm gonna call Eric Sachs Yakety Sachs. <laughs> yeah, Sachs. Oh my god, it's, it's a more fitting name. Yeah, he should have been he should have been Doctor Yakety Sachs. He should have been in charge of the Yakety Sachs Corporation. So this is the time whenever they they capture April and they bring her down to the sewers, and they explain their whole origins. Of how April had saved them from the fire, really sweet, touching scene, mm -hmm. and then I cheered up. Yeah, and then how Splinter raised them, and then he Julia, found the, way, the same age as the turtles. Yeah, exactly, and then he um, found right. the ninja book. Yeah. yeah, because you keep all of your ninja secrets in a book that you just randomly toss into the sewer, and it wasn't even a thick book. 
No. And so he learns all these martial all this martial arts training from a book. I know all of my martial arts training and, from the book. Don't that explains your martial arts ability right there. <laughs> and, and then, and after, because he became obsessed with ninjutsu, everything Splinter does from this point forward is designed with a Japanese aesthetic. Including pizza. What? They had a lot of pizza there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The pizza wasn't a Japanese aesthetic, I guess. No, but it was Italian. He, he creates the legend of the Hogesha, which... It, I don't think that's actually a Japanese word. I don't know. I think they just started making up words. That, hey, this kind of sound of sort of sounds Japanese. Yeah. So literally, like you talk about Eric Sachs being a weeaboo. Splinter is the ultimate weeaboo in this film. He is obsessed with Japanese culture. And he has no connection to Japan whatsoever, except for he read a book on ninjutsu. Yeah, that's uh, how it works. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, in the original comic and the original nineteen, they explained that he was the pet rat of a famous ninja master. Exactly, like that's a very loose origin. Yes, like very that loose. Doesn't yes. make sense either, but it makes a shit ton more, more sense than what they than this. That still doesn't. I mean, uh, Shonuff is not a good programmer by proxy. Like. You don't know that. If he gets mutated, he might be a genius programmer. You know what? He's going to just develop the glow and just start beating the shit out of Ryan. That's that's terrible. <laughs> and have awesome computer skills. Yeah. Um, I can hack time. Hacker <laughs> <laughs> man. So, I just... Because, again, Splinter, as an old rat in the cartoon, either he's, either he's Hamato Yoshi himself, so he came from Japan, that's how he knew it, or... He was Hamato Yoshi's pet, who also came from Japan, so he came overseas with Hamato Yoshi. He is a Japanese rat, mm-hmm. and he learned martial arts by watching him. Uh, can you, imagine, one if, of those, can what? you imagine if, like, Shredder has, like, a cousin or something like that and just goes over to his apartment and is like, seriously, I know we're Japanese, but what is up with all this Asian shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one that's just... Way too into their culture. Yeah, it's like it's like. Do you did you have to buy every Kurosawa movie on on Blu-ray? Like, well, slow that down. I can see, oh, yeah, yeah, that I could see. But it's like he is just so. It's uh, it's frustrating. You know, where did you get these Zen panels from? <laughs> well, but yeah, it's, no. it's it's obvious where they got them from. They're rich, but then what do they need? What what about they're oh they already have money why do they need to send mercenaries and by the way what mercenary is going to take a job to shoot up a subway in New York City? Oh God, yeah. a foreign mercenary I guess I don't know. Yeah, like what 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 group of thirteen hours mercenaries are going to be like recruited <laughs> from ISIS? Oh yeah, like but then how are you going to get them into the country? Like I understand wayward youths committing petty crimes because they want to rebel and then you know they don't they 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 built it up in the '90s movie and like even even Splinter learning ninjutsu by being a rat and watching it didn't make sense generally but it made sense within the confines of a movie about Ninja Turtles exactly mm-hmm. um, with this movie doesn't even it doesn't even give you that luxury they just hand you a but they give you a giant expository dump, dump and they're like this is what we are and who we are we're connected to you April for no reason. Did yep. you say suppository dump? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, so I meant to say expository dump, dump, but either of those work. They're talking <laughs> about their origin and how 
uh, April O'Neil's father set the building on fire. And then you realize, because April was there to rescue the turtles and Splinter. So literally, he set the building on fire with April in the building. I think his, I think her father is a violent arsonist. I, you know what? He did not care if his daughter died, so possibly. Yeah, do you have to burn down the building on Take Your Daughter to Work Day? <laughs> she didn't care if her father died. She saved the turtles instead of looking for him. He was already dead. But... He was shot. Yeah, he got shot. She didn't know that he got shot, but he was just dead. She was there, but she didn't know. She was a kid. I, I'm trying to find some excuse for it. I don't know. <laughs> if I was a kid, everything that happened within a fire would be a very, very potent memory. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Yak and Sack shot April's father. You know, yeah, 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 man, and Yak and Sacks is just an asshole. But he's yeah. just an asshole for the purpose of, of he's an asshole for the purpose of being an asshole. Yeah, because he wants more money. Yeah, and, and he wants more money. Yet instead of selling the the mutagen that cures everything, he wants to create a super disease that can only be cured. He'd have to know if a disease was released in New York City by a genetics and then a genetic company instantly had that antidote before anybody else. That would be an Enron level congressional investigation. <laughs> Pretty much. Which uh, I'll, I'm going to get to that later on, but they don't go very far to hide that it was them. In fact, like if that I can't think of a better way to get caught. <laughs> oh no no no! They found a better way to get caught. Which again, I will go go into that when we get to that part. But this is the part where suddenly um, April finds the card that had the tracker in it in her pocket, right, whenever they get there. Which the, I'm not upset about that part because that happens in a lot of kids' movies or whatever. The bad guy always finds them right when they find the tracker. Yeah, right when you find the tracking device. It's like they're watching from a van. They're like, all right, she sees it. Waiting. <laughs> they're just, like, laughing the whole time. Like, ooh, this is going to be good. <laughs> she found it. Move, move, move. Yeah, no, they're like, they're like she pulled out. Oh no, no, no! She's looking for her pretender card. She's almost got it. <laughs> so this is where the big fight ensues. The foot soldiers break in, and then Shredder comes in with his new souped-up armor. Which, why did we need new souped-up armor when we didn't see his original armor? Hey. Oh, you mean Siren Man? Siren Man. Samurai Iron Man. Because they couldn't get the rights to the Silver Samurai who was already wasted in Wolverine. Oh, God. Let's not visit that. So Splinter's fighting Shredder while they all... Oh, my God. What? I just realized. Silver Samurai and Shredder are exactly the same character. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. It, it, you, have, you have an older Japanese man, hell-bent on revenge for no reason, who needs the magic blood from his enemies. That cures everything. Yeah. It, oh my god. <laughs> King of Ninja Turtles is literally just the plot of Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. And it's even, you have this older Japanese man who gets inside a giant, ostentatious samurai suit to go and fight this super-powered enemy. No, it's, it's, it's essentially the TMNT movie was, you know, Wolver, you know, Wolver, the Wolverine. Now I just imagine there's this entire Japanese family where they all have giant metal samurai suits, <laughs> and they sit down for dinner. You know, like they they get they go to Chipotle and they're all in their own giant ostentatious sam, metal samurai suit. Oh my God! You just described the Warriors. Yeah. 
That would be a great movie. Oh, oh, that movie. They'd fuck that up so bad. Or, oh, I'm they sorry, would. They, they would flip that up. They would. Ryan, you're gonna beep that out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a lot of work, man. Um, they but, could both their ears for that part. Yeah, but the uh, the uh, just sell the blood. Yeah. <laughs> Right? In fact, that would have been a great scene if they were like, wait a second, so, so there should have been some tech guy, right? There should have been like an accountant or something like that, like, sir, why don't we just sell the blood? And then Schroeder should have been like, yeah, we'll just chain them up and sell their blood. Oh, that was a great idea. Promotion. Then the turtles break out and fight them, and then the mutagen almost gets released. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the big fight scene where they're all fighting different foot soldiers while Splinter fights uh, the Shredder. And because Shredder, you barely see him within the movie, There's, you're not interested, or at least I will. No, well, they have, like, this, that's the funniest part, is they, like, look at each other and it's like, Shredder, the rat. Why Why do you care so much? You just met each other. Yeah. You are, like, I get that he just busted your helm, but they, like, have this animosity toward each other. For no reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not built up at all. Yep. You see, at least in the original movie, they explain the yeah. animosity. Um, that's, that's actually why I will point to one of my favorite villains, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg in The Fifth Element. <laughs> he was such a great character. Exactly. Because, <laughs> like, when, and, and even when Bilbo Baggins is like, we're saved, and then he's like, I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> he had a personality. He had a goal that he was working towards. He outlined what he needed to do to reach that goal, why he needed mercenaries to get it done. And it was all plausible. In order to, if in order for us, and I'm assuming they wanted the audience to feel the same way the turtles, oh, Shredder, they want to build it up to be a boss fight. Then you have to build up that boss. Yeah. You can't just talk yeah. about it tangentially, or have Yakety Sacks walk around him, or have Shredder walk around Yakety Sacks in the shadows, and then have us feel anything. Exactly. I didn't even feel anything behind Yakety Sacks because Yakety Sacks seems like a, a vicious sociopath. He, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. In fact, if you're not going to make him the bad guy, lo- movie logic would say maybe he got into a deal with Shredder and he's in over his head and he regrets what he did. So then you could have like a moment of attempted redemption as she as he helps April. That would be wonderful. Now I can see that being a little bit too much for a kids' movie, but at the same time, like this if, if, if you're adding in I, my shell is tightening, then you're we're not. You can't <laughs> say what about the children. But this, this, this stuff, exactly what you're talking about, though, is exactly my point of, like, it's very clear that they shoved in an Asian guy to play Amorokasaki. Yeah, well, and they, um, oh, crap, no, I can't remember his name. Um, hey, oh, they didn't, they didn't cast Ken Watanabe. Yes, that, well, that's always a mistake. Anytime you don't cast Ken Watanabe. In fact, actually, I dare say that Ken Watanabe played a better Shredder in Batman Begins than the guy who played it in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I will agree with that. I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, like in like Ken Watanabe, like the character he played with a group of assassins is like interesting. They're plausible. They have reasonable goals, and they try to recruit people into their organization. Yeah, they didn't even try to recruit the turtles onto their side. I mean, like, we could work together. No, just automatically, we hate you and we want you dead. Which, after this fight, after this, when they subdue three of the turtles and Shredder takes down Splinter, and then a roof falls on Raphael, which I kept rewinding it, and I could not see at any point why the roof fell. Explosions. Because the demanded it. Uh, I get that's the only reason. 
So well, they you know. leave with three of the Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and they ask where the other, the fourth one is, and one of the soldiers just tells Shredder he's dead, and they leave. They leave both him and Splinter there. Did not even bother to check the bodies. Like they're still freshly dead. You could still probably use their bodies. So just like they're dead, let's let's not even check. Let's just get out of here and go. And that's when they take them up again to the great mountains of New York. Yep. Mount Hamilton, we agreed. <laughs> so this is the part now wherever you get to closer to the final the final scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Raphael recruits Vern and April and they go up to again the wonderful mountains of New York to save his brothers. Mount Adams. <laughs> yep. And ensues a pretty good fight scene with uh, Shredder and Raphael because Raphael again is the main character of the Ninja Turtles film mm-hmm. apparently he had the wonderful speech I mean we've got a uh, that speech we'll even, though, that even speech. though this movie starts with them opening up a samurai a katana with the credits on the katana but no we're going to have Raphael be the main character <laughs> so they of course they're losing blood the turtles, because they're getting drained. And the bad guys, of course, do the classic bad guy thing of just leaving. <laughs> Certainly we don't need to watch the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Sachs is like, oh, we're about to lose this thing. I guess they're coming. We'll just get out of here and leave. And just let Shredder take care of this. And so because the turtles are losing blood, the best option there to help them, Donatello tells April, adrenaline. Because that's going to be the best thing when you're losing a lot of blood. When I'm short on blood, adrenaline just picks me right back up. Yep. <laughs> it, it cures you completely. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like somebody who needs a, a blood transfusion getting adrenaline instead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that did result in kind of a funny scene when the turtles bust it out and they're running around because they're hyperactive. I'm so calm! Yeah. <laughs> what, what, this is another thing. Again... The Shredder kicks Raphael's ass so badly and then just leaves. You'll learn from this ass beating. Like, he, no checking the body, no nothing, just, all right, I guess he's down. I, I'm going to I'm gonna walk out. I'm stepping out here. And, of course, right then is whenever the turtles bust out and they pick up Raph and all that stuff and they head out. And which leads to my favorite part. They exit the building, see a bunch of foot soldiers... Who start open fire on them. We find out Ninja Turtles, something they didn't even know, they're bulletproof. That's right. Well, again, you, it's like Spider-Man, you know, because Peter Parker has the relative power of a spider. He's stronger. They have the relative power of a turtle. Everybody knows t- turtle shells are bulletproof. And here's the funny <laughs> thing. In all honesty, I could have forgiven that if they had, like, turned around and it was only their back shells, which they kind of did at first. And then it shows a slow motion scene of Raphael turning and yelling, doing that oh slow motion thing, and bullets start bouncing off his chest in Wh- slow motion. Which the thing I didn't like about that scene is that the writer that it was put, stupid. Yeah, the writers put the turtles in a situation that they couldn't get out of, and they didn't know how they could figure out a ninja way to escape because they don't do ninja stuff. So they're like, oh, I'm just going to make them be bulletproof. Well, then I'm not worried about them anymore. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, why do they jump around and do flips at all? Just wade into bullet fire. <laughs> you know, well, it's, they you know, didn't know. Didn't they just find out? They did, but still, at the same time... I would stray away from bullets before I knew I was bulletproof as well. Granted, also, it is just their shell. It's the front and the back of the shell. So it's like wearing a super awesome bulletproof vest. You're telling me with a bunch of random machine gun fire, they just... Are the shells magnetic? Do they draw the bullets just to the chest in the shell? In this scene, I guess. I don't secondary know. secondary power. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because most hired henchmen don't have that great aim. I mean, look at stormtroopers. They never hit anything. Well, and, and that that is true as well. If you're a trained soldier at all, if you've been trained in firearms at all, your main instinct is to shoot for center mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why they make bulletproof vests the way they do. But, I mean, you're also trained. To, no, but actually, none of the bad guys really react around nine-foot-tall turtles in a way that like I think a reasonable person would. You know, when they see them for the first, nobody's like flipping out. Like yeah. that one bad guy in Iron Man 3? Yeah. Um, that was the best reaction of a villain ever. Um, or uh, actually, oh man, there, there's this fantastic, in the Batman animated series, uh, a, a henchman is going from door to door looking for Batman. They're like, hey, you, they're like, hey, you seen Batman? And he opens up the door and Batman is just standing there and looking at him. And the guy's like, nope, I don't see him at all. He's not up here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Like, it, there should have been a scene where Shredder sees the turtles and is like, wow, I thought Yakety Sax was just exaggerating. These are actually gigantic mutant turtles. Yep. So this actually does lead to a pretty fun battle scene. Uh, the whole, they they take a semi-truck down a mountain. Mount Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Great Mountains of New York. Yep. And it's a pretty fun scene. That is probably the best action scene in this whole film. And it had the best joke in the whole film. Well, oh my god. Wait, so yeah, the joke that Ryan is talking about is during this whole whole downhill see, fight scene, everything where the tur- turtles are just wrecking shit. It's, it's a pretty good scene. But April O'Neil, Megan Fox is hanging out the window trying to get pictures of this thing, uh, of this whole battle, and Vernon Thompson is just staring at her ass. And because of that, he ends up getting into a wreck. This is a Michael Bay produced movie. Exactly. <laughs> You're not going to have a Michael Bay produced movie with April O'Neil played by Megan Fox and not have some reference to her butt. I, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you Michael Bay demanded that be in the movie. Probably right not. after he did a bump of coke. <laughs> this, was, this was after like Transformers 2, so it was... After they had had their fight already, and, like, Megan Fox had said she would never work with Michael Bay again. Well, from what I understand, it was Steven Spielberg that asked Michael Bay to get rid of Megan Fox from Transformers 2. Really? The, the story that it goes, and, and this is all conjecture, I'm not, I'm not backing myself up with any sources, but supposedly there's a delay in Transformers 2 with production. So Michael Bay bought everybody on the set tickets to go on this tour of the pyramids. And Megan Fox made a comment and was like, oh my god, Michael Bay's worse than Hitler. And to which Steven Spielberg, who's the executive producer for Transformers 2, once that got out, was like, I directed Schindler's List, you're firing her right now. Um, To which he said bye, but then he's like, I'll call you later when I do Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was, as from what I understand, Michael Bay liked Megan Fox and has always liked Megan Fox, but Spielberg demanded that she not come back for the third movie. Mm. Um, Yeah. 
I can't believe we're talking about the Transformers cinematic universe. But but in that in that scene on Mount Hamilton, there's also the thing that I hate the most when a turtle falls and destroys an arm. I think a Humvee by yeah, like yep. you, you dense that Humvee. Like I I've driven an up armored. First off, who got the Humvees up the mountain? <laughs> yeah. Well, they took the road for that. Hum, well, Humvees without armor. Like, they get maybe three miles to the gallon. Um, so once you start up-armoring them and everything like that, they are they are so terrible to operate. Like, it would have taken them for, it would have taken them all day to get that thing up that mountain. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's why uh, they relied on gravity for this part. <laughs> <laughs> Getting down was easy. Yeah, and then who gets who gets all those vehicles up a mountain? And by the way, why were the Foot Clan up the mountain? It's not like well, they, were they were no, they were, they were at Saxon State. Ninja Mountain. Okay, so Yakety Sacks had an estate in the mountain. Yeah, that's why they went up there first. That's where the whole lab was and all that stuff. It was so th- that makes sense why they were up there. Yeah, but, but also they just again this was another scene where Karai was in the entire thing. Karai is one of my favorite Ninja Turtle characters. Absolutely love Karai, and they didn't use her at all except for she was like the ground commander, and of course, like if you did this whole scene and you had Karai. Fighting hand to hand or sword to sword or whatever with intervals while they're going downhill, that would I would have loved that. Yeah, but then you would have to. Are they going to do that whole Karai Leonardo dynamic? You know, because in the comic books they had a relationship. Yeah, and they were kind. The, the closest they ever got to like a relationship was in the new cartoon. Yeah, they okay. have they have a mutual respect for each other in all the other series. Have you seen what a turtle's penis looks like? I'm terrified. I can't I am... believe I actually going to answer that. Yes. I oh I like that's it's like a snake from Tremors you know the ones that are in the creature's mouth in the ground. <laughs> like well, Michelangelo's comments at the beginning of the movie, I imagine the shell would get in the way. Um, but yeah, the the so the mountain the mountain fight scene. That I, that I feel like I don't know somebody like attached that to the script or like there was a re-edit and then they're just they didn't explain like somebody's like oh why do we have a ski chase in this New York City based show nobody questioned that uh, which I mean it worked as far as the fight scene goes it was a really it was a really fun fight scene yeah it's just the thing is with the turtles being literally indestructible and bulletproof there's no there's I'm not worried for them. Yeah. Well, the big bad guys, which are worried for them. I mean, Iron Man could rip a turtle apart, presumably. Uh, I just want to talk about Iron Man. <laughs> with the, I don't know. These turtles are—they're immune to projectile fire, and they also can destroy metal with their shells by existing. Yeah. So, which they did have, a, which we didn't mention before. But there was a scene where they're stuck in the van, and Raphael just jumps through the van wall. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. Fuck doors. So yeah. apparently their bodies can just tear metal apart that even comes apparently. So I don't think Iron Man can do much. No. Much against him. Well, he's not made from... I mean, it's like gold alloy. Brian's just trying to defend Iron Man at this point. It's titanium gold alloy from his defense satellite. That. That, which is... That, those are both metal. That. They're, so They're that still metal. Still metal. Still metal. 
Shut up. We're not defending our man. We're defending this crappy movie. We're not defending this movie at all. So it's not the greatest movie of all time. You just admitted it was a crappy movie. It's a crappy movie, and I'm tired of talking about it. We're almost done. We're at the end here. We're at the end. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 to the bottom of the mountain. Yep. Mount Hamilton. Yep. To the express sewer pipe that goes from the mountains of New York to downtown Manhattan. How else are you going to get that clean mountain water into the sewers? Like, seriously, they are racing a helicopter, and they arrive shortly after the helicopter gets there through a sewer pipe. Yep. Why did they... It's a, it's a Mario edition sewer pipe, so it just instantly exactly. fits together. So... Why did nobody monetize that, that and turn it into, like, the world's greatest water slugging? Why, why wasn't the plot of the movie just to bury New York in an avalanche? <laughs> if you're going to put a giant mountain, you should use it. That would have been a better plan. Because this is the part where then it shows the tank on top of Saks Tower. Yeah, the Saks Tower. A, if you're trying to hide the fact that you released it, why are you releasing it from your building? <laughs> your building. Second, if you look at it, if you go back and watch it, it says Saks Industry on the side of the tank. Yep. So they did not go very far to hide that. Hey, they caused this. Any any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, you've never you've never seen uh you've never seen the Eli Lilly MRAPs like rolling down like Circle Center. Like look, this is just it's okay. We are the only ones with the cure. Everybody, here's the cure that we have right away available. Yep, and we the, the disease started from our tower. Came from our building that had our name on the side of the container that it came from. Yep. Nothing suspicious here, guys. Nothing to see. Nope. My favorite moment in the movie is when they all get get to the tower and they're going up to the to the roof. This is yeah. That's this is around the same time. Uh, and we get this wonderful turtle rap, of which I haven't seen the sequel, so I don't know if we get more. No, we do not get more of that turtle of the turtle rap of them beatboxing in the elevator. Which I mean, that was a fun. That was that was an all right thing. like. I didn't care for it, but I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Why would you? It was... <laughs> well, and and uh, the only... Actually, my quibble is that for a movie, arguably, about four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they don't do a whole lot of really interacting with each other as much as... You know, yeah. it's mostly... It focuses almost, I think, way too much on, on Megan Fox, um, on Joe Bluth, uh, on... Yakety sacks, and you don't really get to see how the turtles. You don't get to know how they feel about stuff. Yeah, that's major problem with it. That's, yeah. Yeah. In fact, the only thing you know is that um, Michelangelo is a future sex offender. Uh, Raphael is a hothead. Donatello has glasses, and that's it. And Leonardo is the fourth one. He's blue. Yeah, I mean, and Leonardo and Raph fight a lot. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't show that. They told you that they fight a lot. Yep, and that the sword was a was a weapon of a leader. How how imagine how rude that would be if like your mother had a guest come over and she was like, "Oh hey, this is Viet and his brother. Uh, they fight a lot." Yeah, like that is so awkward. That is, and it, to be honest, it has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> also, I live an hour outside of. Uh, New York City, so I'm just imagining the uh, fight scene happening in, like, the, the ski chase happening in Poughkeepsie. 
which I can't think of a place <laughs> more a opposite of a mountain than the area right around New York. You have a great mountain view there? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, like, Mount Hamilton's... I'm about to get caught in an avalanche right now. <laughs> so this is where they get up to the roof to fight the Shredder. Yep, and mean, simultaneously, I, that would have been awesome if, as the Turtles were about to go to the top of the Acne Sax Tower to stop the mutagen from being released, Spider-Man comes by, because he's trying to stop the mutagen from getting released at the other building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, and why are you releasing these deadly things from the tops of corporate buildings? I don't know. I Why, why from your own building? Why? Yeah, why not from your competitor's building? Yeah, that would have been the smart idea. And this movie was this movie was sponsored by Microsoft, so why wasn't the villain from Google? <laughs> exactly. They're releasing a Google virus. <laughs> so I guess they're more duplicitous and untrustworthy than we thought, guys. <laughs> Which I have a big problem with the fight scene. There there just wasn't enough I think fight choreography because I, I mean, come on, they're supposed to be four yeah. ninja turtles. The only time they come together is whenever they fight together using Buck Buck, which is why did that work? I don't know why it worked. It this shouldn't is have fight. worked. This is another scene where they definitely did the whole show don't tell or tell don't, don't show, show. Yeah. because Michelangelo. First off, Michelangelo is the one that goes, "Hey guys, let's play Buck Buck," and then Leonardo goes. Buck, buck, good idea, you know, or something like that. And Raphael, goes, no, guys, let's do as Leo says. Let's play buck, buck. Like showing that he has, he he's bonded with Leo at this point. He's willing to listen to Leo. First off, it wasn't Leo's idea. Yeah. Second off, where? Okay, I know they showed them play buck, buck in like a two second scene when they were a kid. Why is this important though? Also, it's very nice for uh, Shredder to let them have this conversation. <laughs> he's just, no, he's busy at the computer. He's busy at the computer. Yeah, but like Michelangelo's like, hey guys, we'll go play Buck Buck. Shredder should have been like, I can still hear you. <laughs> like in uh, Dragon Ball Z, Battle of the Gods. You know, I have big ears. <laughs> oh, you mean where they fight Lucario? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, it just... And also, like, you... you they do this with a lot of the. Um, it's this, I would go back to Michael Bay because you notice it actually in the Transformer scenes where you'll have these clean shots, right, of just like an open landscape, and they just start sliding the camera to the side or back, and you'll notice the Transformers will have to bob and twist to stay in frame. Yeah. Um, they do it. There's actually one. I can't remember which Transformers, but uh, Optimus Prime is sneaking through a car dealership. And is like twisting and turning to stay in frame, and he's not even scuffing up the floor. And it's like a perfect linoleum floor. So I feel like that's where it comes from with these Ninja Turtle fights. Again, you just have these flat shots, and then you have these CGI uh, Siren Man and the Ninja Turtles just jumping around to try and fit in frame. Uh, and and it, it, playing it, Buck Buck, and then throwing him off a roof. Which he absorbs the mutagen to repair himself. Which they don't mention in the sequel at all. They don't mention that in the sequel at all. Which, to me, seems like a major plot hole. So... It is, but at the same time, I'm glad because the, what they did with the sequels, they basically ignored the first one, which was the best call. Well, in the and, and to be fair, in Secret of the Us, uh, in the end of the first Ninja Turtles, Shredder's destroyed in a trash compactor, and apparently the police just dumped his body in a landfill because he punches his way out of the garbage. What yeah. are you supposed to do with a with a, with a giant tin can? Yeah, I'm surprised Swamp Thing didn't find him. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and and so like I can't you can't say that this sequel had a worse reason for just blah blah blahing Shredder back. Oh into no, this. I like again. I like this sequel. I like the sequel. Um, yeah, I mean this this isn't definitely my favorite Ninja Turtles movie, but it has to be my number two just because I dislike uh, two and three of the original trilogy so much. <laughs> <laughs> so and then. So, yeah, they follow the roof, and then you have Raphael's... They all give, like, what they're sorry for and everything. Donatello's sorry because he's the one that licks, the, licks all the stuff off the Pop-Tarts, off the frosting, all the frosting. Michelangelo's upset because he never understood the ending to Lost. <laughs> and then Raphael goes into this whole tear-jerking speech about how he was... He's sorry he was always angry, and he always gave them crap, and... How it was because he he always believed them, felt he wasn't good enough, and this completely comes out of nowhere because we saw Raphael mad, but we never really saw why or anything like this whatsoever. So it's completely unearned and unimportant to anything else in the film. I thought it was a wonderful tear-jerking speech. It made no sense. Ryan wept openly, actually, when I saw it. Well, Ryan cries a lot. Openly. Yes. So, <laughs> so and then they fall, and... It's zoomed in on Raphael's face, and then they stop. They've landed on something. How did they survive the fall? Because they're indestructible turtles. Weren't you paying attention? Why were they scared and thinking they were going to die? They didn't know up until recently that even bullets couldn't hurt them. They didn't even feel it when they landed. So they are super turtles. (laughs) Apparently. They they reached... They're your favorite uh, oh, superheroes. Oh, God. Now Here's a better question. How do the turtles practice... Except by bad writing. How do nine-foot tolls practice somersaults in a sewer? <laughs> that is a very good question. They had their dojo. In a sewer? Yeah. You They're saw not... big that thing. It was pretty big. Also, actually, I don't even think... can Those turtles didn't look like they should be able to fit through a manhole. No. No, there's no way they could. So how do they... How do they speedily get into and out of the sewer? Well, that's another question then. Because the giant antenna fell in the middle of Times Square, and they're standing there for a few minutes. How did nobody see them? Yeah, it's like uh, in The Amazing Spider-Man when Andrew Garfield kept taking off his mask. (laughs) Because it was was itching his shovel face, you know? (laughs) 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 Which, yeah, nobody... It's, it's weird. In this movie, it's like April O'Neil is the only one with a cell phone camera. Yep. Uh, oh, and it, it basically posits a universe where anything crazy happening in Times Square wouldn't immediately be, like... People would be throwing that on Snapchat. Like there's 50 million uh, security cameras already on Times Square. What, Times Square? Video cameras? No. That's nuts. So, basically, we end the movie here, and you see a little shot of the party wagon where it blows up Vernon's new truck, or car, and Michelangelo gets to be creepy on April again. Rightfully so. And thank God this film is over. Yep. And I never have to talk about it again. Don't worry, I'll have it on when you come over. No, I I will shove the remote down your throat. Ryan owns it on (laughs) Blu-ray. I do. (laughs) I don't have a Blu-ray player, but... You have a PS4! You do have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, actually, you know what would be hilarious, though? 
if they didn't, when they released on Blu-ray, call it a green, like now on Green Ray, then they failed. <laughs> they actually did that with the, the Hulk when it came out. Which one? It's the Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not the one with Eric Banner. But, so, my final thought on this film, I think it was pretty evident from the beginning. It was awful. It deserves a special place in hell. I the only good thing to come out of it was the sequel. Now, um... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that one because uh, while I do agree the movie was bad, if a movie is absolutely like 109% terrible, it can get into that territory where it's so bad it's good. This did not. This was not so bad it's good. This was bad enough that I couldn't enjoy it and it didn't have enough punch or it wasn't funny enough or it's engaging enough for me that I would want to watch it a separate time. So it's the, it's the worst kind of bad. Too bad to enjoy in a positive way and too bad to enjoy it in a negative way. <laughs> All right, what about you, Ryan? It was legitimately funny. It was fun in a lot of parts. Not knowing a lot about the lore, I wasn't as critical as you. And it was like an okay movie, but not one I'll ever watch again. See, that, that, in all honesty, that's what I hear from a lot of people, is that they thought it was okay, which, okay, fine. I guess I just I, I can't I can't abide it. What about you, Viet? The dude does not abide? Nope. No, the fight choreography was terrible. Um, terrible plot development. Poor character development. And this mm-hmm. movie is just absolutely just god awful. Why did we review this? Because yeah, that's... why did we review this? Oh god, because we're gonna do awful movie reviews, and next we're doing Sucker Punch. Oh boy. All right. I'm Get sorry. Right. <laughs> you mentioned it, man. Yep. Do me do me a favor. If we want to do just a two week hate fest, we should do Brave after we do Sucker Punch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody. Thank you for listening. If you got other ideas for other movie reviews you want us to review, let us know. Yep. Like, uh, if you want us to watch The Last Dragon, let us know. <laughs> Please let us know about yeah, that Actually, one. yes. That'd be awesome. You know what? Yeah, let's... We can, let's you know, we can, yeah, we can put those three up. We can be, like, Last Dragon, Brave, or Sucker Punch. Now, we can have he showed us first time he watches Last Dragon. Yeah, he could see where his dad came from. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, well, thank you all for listening. Um, And we will have our podcast up later this week as well. So look forward to that. Uh, Episode four, is it? Yes, four. Episode four. So, yeah, uh, along with this, we are going to upload that as well. So listen to both. Let us know what what you guys thought. Let us know what other movies you want us to review. And have a good night. This has been Astronauts Anonymous. Nerdy news one step at a time. Should I stop it now? Yeah, stop it now. Or now. I will murder you. How about now?